welcome back to the M&K Productions podcast. It's Kristen, aka Miss Filmingo, and today we are not joined by Mac. I'm kind of bummed he was not able to join this episode, but that's not stopping us today. We're going to have a really great time today. Today we are talking to the stars of the latest independent comedy, Hollywood.com. It's directed by the outstanding Mika Borum. The film follows an actor who steals the identity of a producer and is hurled into Hollywood's next Mayan film. In the jungle of Mexico, she is mistaken as a member of a cartel. And like I said, I had the chance to speak with Micah, who's not only the director, but is also one of the stars and is also one of the writers. I also had the chance to speak with her father, Benjamin Borum. He stars in the film as well, along with Herbert Russell and Paige Howard. This was a huge interview for us, and I want to take the time to say thank you again to the entire cast who are coming on to speak with me virtually and taking the time out of their busy schedules to talk to us and talk to us about their special project. So if you really want to listen to today's episode, I suggest you go and support the film. It's Hollywood.com. It's available now on Amazon to rent and purchase. We're going to be talking some minor spoilers, so go watch the film and come back. Um, so for now, let's get into the interview. So congratulations to everyone involved. How does it feel to have this film out into the world? I always like to give, tell, you know, directors, you know, actors, what's it like having that baby out in the world now? What's it like? What's it like having that film breathe some fresh air? Are you happy now that it's out in the world for audiences to see? Yes, absolutely. Thrilled. Oh, yes, okay. same here. I we were so, all gonna... Yeah, I was waiting for that. Yes. Um, no, I'm just waiting for everybody to get their thrilled in. Yes. Yes, yes. absolutely. You're, you know, it's one of those things you work. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead because you you got oh. it. You tell us. Oh, I was gonna say, you know, it's one of those things you work on for a while, and you have so many different people collaborating on it. You know, you've got these great performances from the actors, um, and um, and other people as well too. So when you finally get in front of audiences and people start having these like experiences with it and then you get to start hearing like what the experiences are that they had with it or where they connected with things or connected with actors um storylines like what they related to that's the coolest yeah it's always so much fun when you know when you uh collaborate on something and you're part of a project and um, and then like, you know, there's just a lot of excitement around sort of seeing it, like you said, out in the world. And I think in particular, um, you know, M- Mika and I have been friends for a while now. And, um, and she was, when she was starting to like cook up this idea, it was just so exciting. And then to sort of be on this journey and then to be able to be a part of it. Um, and, and then to now see it like out you know, it's such a it's such an awesome feeling. It never it never gets old that one. And it's you guys such have a been dynamic on... and incredible ensemble, and there's so many different moving pieces to this comedy, and to see it all come together and work is just tremendous. So it really is a testament to their hard work. Mika and Ben, you guys were so creative at coming up with ways of capturing your shots and and uh, your locations and the mm-hmm. animals and all of it. And it really, it's wonderful to see the whole thing come come together. It's just great. Oh, it, it, I'm a fan. It, <laughs> it, I must say, it's one of the most creative films I've seen so far this year. It's very zany in the best way possible. 
because it is like, you know, okay, you don't expect this event to happen, but it it's so funny. I enjoyed myself laughing at the times, especially the camel scene that happens, like, you know, in the middle of the film when you're running away from your wedding that you're supposed to marry to, like, that child or teenager. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. So um, one of the questions I have is, how did this idea come about? Why focus on, you know, this Hollywood setting and the industry? Why focus on that? So when we, we wanted to write about something that, so is Mika's life in the Hollywood scene and my life, because I'm a gemologist and a bush pilot. So we were combining our worlds. So we were writing about uh, stuff that we both had, uh, that we had experienced. And so on the part with the Enchanted Jade, Mika was actually with me on a jade bind whenever they tried to sell me jade from a tomb. And we got into this whole thing about cursed jade and all that. And I, and, but I didn't buy it, of course. And uh, so that kind of helped with, uh, with our story. That's where we came up with. We wanted to write about some, it's, it's kind of like a, uh, a documentary on our life, but no, not really. It's, uh, it's just a, kind of our stories in a comedic fashion. You could say it's almost like a like an over-the-top satire in a way, combining all your stories together to create something that's even crazier. Absolutely. I think, you know, they always say, too, to write what you know. And so even though the movie is like this adventure comedic piece, um, I think that because, um, you know, I have heard some of these, like, funny things, like, you know, on Hollywood sets and stuff and, like, different things with, um, you know, quirky characters – where I was able to add a little bit of realism even to the comedic dialogue stuff. And then he's able to ground some of the gemology, Latin American stuff, and some, you know, realism and some authenticity too, which is sort of, I think when you add those flavors in, then um, even though it's comedy, it's like a little bit more grounded or relatable, hopefully. Yeah. There was a lot of relatable scenes that I, at least I found, I'm not, you know, an actor or any per se like that in the industry, but you do get this sense of like friendships that backstabbing the minute we watch the movie. As soon as you know, we have that queen zombie audition, and you know, I was wondering, have you ever encountered another like friend who's an actor? You bump into the same scene, you build that confidence, or he or she helped you build that confidence for the role, and then you're like, what? Am, what are they doing here? Why are they trying to steal my thunder? Have you guys ever had that a similar experience before? Not per se for me, but I but I do think that like it's not like that like overly far off. I think that you could have some of that, you know. I think that you could have some quirky stuff because like you do end up with some characters that you know are um, you know they're trying to make it in Hollywood and they've got like two weeks to make it, <laughs> so they'll do whatever. True. I don't know. What about you guys? I feel like I feel like. Uh, oh uh, well, you know, like, I, I've been I've been uh, trying to uh, be an actor for thirty years. I think pretty soon it's going to stick. <laughs> uh, you know, there are a lot of aggressive talent uh, out here, but uh, by and large, all of my working experiences have been collaborative, wonderful, uh, and certainly everyone in this film was very fun and easy to work with. It was a riot. I mean, an absolute riot to work on this. Um, <laughs> um, I don't want to give any spoilers, however. Uh, but let's just say that uh, Ben uh, had gotten me acquainted with some vegetables uh, through the course of this uh, project uh, uh, that weren't entirely ripe. 
Oh, no. Um, so, um, no, but we still have those vegetables, by the way. They're what preserved. Kind of what kind of vegetables are they? Can I ask? Those are going to be museum pieces someday. Okay. <laughs> That's it. They're going to be immortal, like that jade. Absolutely. <laughs> I will say, you know what's really funny though is um they do have a lot of times uh where for auditions for stuff they'll tell you to dress the part and th so that was like I had to add that in there. Have you guys ever Paige? Have you ever had that yes. like where, like where it's like extreme? Have you dressed the part or what have you oh done? Oh my gosh, yes, yeah, and it's it's really really it's it's really really funny. I had a, I've had a couple incidents like that, and it's um and it it's really it's I mean it really is it's hysterical. Like what you, you know, like, I don't know. Some of the things when I actually think about it are, I, I can't believe the way I walked out of the house, but, um, but <laughs> yeah. And then you go in and there'd be a room full of people all dressed, you know, like whatever it is. Um, yeah. So, but, but also I have to, I agree. Like I, I, I luckily have never encountered, um, any sort of, you know, like, any sort of that backstabbing, you know, energy at all. For the most part, I've worked, everyone I've worked with has been like really, really amazing and awesome. But I do love so much that you put that in the film because I agree with you. I don't think it's that much of a stretch. You know, I, I definitely have had a couple friends that, you know, would sort of, I've heard like whisperings of not wanting to let one person know that they, they were auditioning for this because they didn't want them to catch wind of the fact that a part that could be very good for them was like out in the world floating around. And I remember just being like, whoa, that's so my But so it's out there. And I think that, you know, even if it's few and far between, it's funny that you, that you, that you included that. I think it's good. Yeah, well, Devin, Devin Rattray, who's also in this film, is an old friend of mine. We go back, I think, 25 years or something like that. And he always busts me because uh, years ago I had done a film called House Arrest. And he's always said, you know, okay. I was supposed to have House Arrest. And I tell him, look, I will trade you one House Arrest for two Home Alones. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, buddy. Anytime. Because <laughs> uh, I was just going to ask you uh, to... Uh, what was just, you know, discussed. Have you guys ever really, really went out for an audition where you really did dress the part and then you're like, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get this. And then you're like waiting for that casting call to come back and then you're like, nope, all right. You know, I went all out for nothing. Did you all have a similar experience like that? Yeah. 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 And mind you, the costume is just a t-shirt, you know? And, <laughs> it's just a t-shirt. You know? <laughs> I, I really was rocking that shirt uh, that day. I don't know what it was. It must be my fabric softener. Maybe if I switch that up, I'll get the roll. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's something. I can't think. I can't think of what though. But I'm I'm pretty sure. I do know. Um, I do remember though, which is kind of funny and random because so long ago, so young when I did it. But like when I did the Patriot audition, mm -hmm. I remember I was like, I need to wear a big dress. <laughs> <laughs> I wore this like huge dress in there and I don't remember everyone else was dressed and like I said I was so young but I remember everyone else was dressed normal and I was like uh like crickets <laughs> I was like that's cool I'm from a long time ago I'm from 1776 <laughs> oh my gosh okay so uh let's talk about let's bring on uh dad for a second how did you what was it like collaborating with your daughter in all this did you guys often clash about what scenes you wanted to have in the film and what will you guys fought for, together to have maybe 
you envisioned something and then uh, Micah, you didn't. So can, go about what was it like go, uh, going back and forth and working together? I mean, no, everything was, everything flowed pretty, pretty smoothly. Um, pretty much all the scenes were, uh, we, were, we were happy with all the scenes together. There was one scene that I wasn't, you okay, Paige? There was one scene that, uh, <laughs> there was one scene that we were kind of, uh, I didn't really like, but Mika really liked and we needed it. And so I was always trying to find some way to get out of that one because it had me doing some pretty wild stuff. But uh, in the end, we found something that worked. And But no, it, it worked out good. We were pretty much on, on track with what we were wanting to do with it. So, And we enjoyed uh, and, and every idea she came up with, I really liked. And my ideas, she liked. So it's just a matter of being able to make, them, uh, make it work and bring everything together. Yeah, I'll say, too, you know, one of the... One of the things with the movie being an independent film versus like a studio film is it lends to like if there's something that would be quirky and fun that's available to put into the film, like the camel that you mentioned. Um, you know, we have different homages in there. There's like an homage to the William Shatner, Shatner um, Twilight Zone scene with the man. Mm -hmm. on the there's a pretty woman one, like just all of these different things because it's independent and like the spirit of independent is that I think that sometimes you're not, you know, the weirder, the better. Like, I think sometimes when you yeah, absolutely colorful, zany flavors, you know, you're you're really going for what makes an, an independent film independent where you push the envelope. And so um, we had a lot of those discussions, my dad and I, like going back and forth where we're like, well, the camel's available. Should we get the camel in? And we're like, well, Another one. Yeah, let's get the camel in. Okay, like <laughs> you know, different stuff like that. I, I thought it was so wonderful that you embraced the cartoonish elements as well. Like when, yeah. when Ben was exercising and those colorful streamlines are coming off of him while he's throwing punches. It was hilarious. Oh. I was I was cracking up. I almost fell off my couch when I saw that. I wasn't expecting it. It was so funny. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. When we were filming that, after we finished. We were, I still had everything on. We were in a restaurant and my stuff was kind of starting to come off the prosthetics and every, everyone was really giving me some uh, bizarre looks. They were trying to figure out what is with this guy. This guy is pretty, uh, pretty out there. Well, to add on to that story, though, he was trying to talk to people. He was like, hey, how are you? And, like, feeling <laughs> oh, off like crazy. Oh, no. Well, I intentionally <laughs> was having fun. So we were going up, where we filmed that, we're going up to the cell and there's these girls running. And I'm like, hey. And they turn around and have this big smile till they take a good look at me. Then they're like, ah. Yeah, we were having fun. There was a lot of fun to be had with this film. And to speak of which, you know, you mentioned your homages. I was going to, one of the things I was going to ask was that, you know, what was it like incorporating some of your favorite films? Because, uh, one of the films, like, I noticed that you pay homage to is, like, the Embargo poster, and I immediately thought of Fargo, and, uh, you know, the little Rocky Balboa scene you guys have, and then the Pretty Woman, like, montage that happens towards the end of the film. What was it like, like, bringing almost all your favorite films together in one film? How did that go about? I'm so happy that you caught all those. I love it. I mean, we wanted to make little Easter eggs, you know? So you watch it once and you're like, whoa, that was weird. I loved it. Like, and then you're like, wait, what was that? 
what was that in the background? Was that embargo for Fargo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where people catch things and watch it. Um, and so, you know, it's just like another layer of oddities that um, we were hoping that would connect people to it. Because, um, you know, people have their own experiences with those films, you know, mm-hmm. and those those are popular films that so many people love. And so um, it just seemed like a fun opportunity to kind of, you know, do these little like winks and nods to the audience and maybe find another layer of something that they connect to. 100%. You guys did that so artfully. It was so much fun and it was just so intelligent. Oh, yeah. And I'm so happy you caught all of that because it really is so, you guys just did such a good job with that. Was there one film that you wanted to include, but then you couldn't and just decided it didn't work? Dad? Yeah, we pretty much, because we had no limits, so we pretty much did everything we wanted to do. And if, it, <laughs> if it's, we made everything work. We just did what we wanted to do. And there's some stuff people going, you can't do that. And we go, of course we can do that. It's our <laughs> film, we'll do what we want to do. So it's good, yeah. You know, it's one of those things, too. Um, there's a, there's a- that I like that. I don't know. Go ahead, Meek. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dad. Oh, no. Yeah, so we pretty much got everything in there. Like the Twilight Zone one in the airplane. Because I'm like, that airplane was super special to me because I've been flying since I was very young. So it's really important to get that airplane scene in there. And I always loved that uh, Twilight Zone scene. Mm-hmm. So since we had the curve, I wanted to make sure I got that Willer Beast looking in the window at me. So, so that mm-hmm. whenever I had my... Uh, Whenever I had my attack, that it would, uh, you know, that it would explain what was going on. I, I reverted back to my original problems and my nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. I was uh, that's another thing I was going to bring up. Um, one of the your character basically faces fear after you know the accident that he has and discusses in the film. What are your biggest fears that each of you might have, and then basically overcome it? Because, you know, your character overcomes it with the help, you know, of Mike. Um, Biggest fears. I think the biggest fear with something would be if you hit a wall and you don't go around it. And that was one of the things with this movie being like an independent film is we hit a lot of walls at different points. But everybody Mm -hmm. was collaborative and like awesome and on board and like available to like, you know, make things work and really um, push through that it made it happen. And, um, you know, we went around a bunch of a bunch of hurdles. And I think that that's what happens with independent film, because, you know, not only do we have all these locations, but all the actors are working actors like Paige works all the time, Herbert works all the time. So scheduling with them, too. And, you know, it's just it's complicated. It's a more complicated beast when you're doing it independent. So um, I think that that would be a fear is if you if you get stuck in a wall and you don't you don't push through. Um, but right. if you buckle down, you know, if you buckle down and you like think, okay, step by step, like, what do we do? And you have good people around you. I think that, um, you know, you can make it happen. Of course. How do you guys feel? Well, my biggest fear is that uh, uh, the the more uh, in love, the deeper in love I get with uh, stretch pants, uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to encourage me to get fatter and fatter. Uh, <laughs> The pandemic, oh no. I feel you, Herbert. I feel you. It's, it's actually a pandemic. It's a pandemic. It's a pandemic. I love that. Pandemic. That's what it should have been called, I think, for a majority of us. Because, like, we've all, you know, went through that together. 100%. 100%. I, I, 
I, I have to say that uh, Mika and Ben, you guys were fearless. Uh, showing up every day was uh, very creative. There was a lot of improvisation. And I don't mean in terms of the performance. I mean in actually making the gags work and, and having that rhythm and, and shooting in locations that were, uh, you know, they weren't always the friendliest environment uh, where, where every get, you know, they're like they were working on such a tight budget. You don't have these tremendous rigs that you can work with. Everything mm -hmm. had to sort of be uh, improvised. You guys were so fearless. You just embraced that. Um, there was uh, one scene in particular, I remember I was laying on a hammock and um, the entire time we were working, the back of the hammock was actually splitting open. And so I developed oh, no. this marvelous physical action technique where I would squeeze and clench my butt cheeks, <laughs> literally holding the hammock together. And I had to stop myself from vibrating while we were rolling because I thought we could maybe only get a take or two before the thing finally gave out and we would lose the opportunity to capture that moment on film. Uh, it was harrowing and incredible and visceral, and uh, I was never more alive. Thank you. No <laughs> service on that, Herbert. We needed that for the scene. Had that hammock blown out, I would have been. We would have had to have moved on to a different. We would have had to reshoot so much. So I thank you for your service on that. My pleasure. I'm a bit. I'm a bit of a power bottom. I know I just spoke about my belly up front, but I'm. I'm party in the back. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Party in the back. <laughs> I actually do a butt double for uh, a butt double for Chris Pratt. Oh my gosh! Uh, I haven't heard anybody it. mention about a butt double since like a that Friends episode. Oh yes, that's all that's anybody mentions a butt double. <laughs> the butt double Friends episode. I love Friends. Me too. Um, it's homage. So, yes. <laughs> say, oh, I say, just to jump in, I think my biggest fear, because I love that question, I think it's so good. I think my biggest fear is um, having regrets for not doing something that I want to oh, yeah. do. That's yeah. what I yeah. think my, my biggest fear is. Oh, Although I have many, but that would be the biggest one. No, I'm good. I think that's the most relatable, honestly, because then you think twice about, you know, some things and you're like, oh, man. Oh, man. Like, why not? Yeah. You know? Why not? Exactly. Also, with this film, what's so awesome, and I love just the way it was constructed in general, is you guys were like, let's do it. This is what we want to do. We're going to do this. We're doing this together, you know? And, um, and... And you guys just, like you said, Ben, you're like, we did whatever the hell we wanted, you know? Mm -hmm. We're like, wanted to do it, we did it. And I think it was just so, it's just so inspiring and admirable in the way that, the way <laughs> to live. I love Paige as a Veronica Lake character because I feel like that through line of like, you need to like, you know, buckle down, you can do it, like strong woman. I feel like there's, there's a piece of that that's so like innately, um, you know, beautifully in, uh, in Paige's personality. So it was fun when I was putting that role together. I was like, yes. Like, yeah. Uh, sitting here and talking to you now, uh, Paige, I can totally feel that because the one question I actually had for you is that, you know, we get that like really inspiring wisdom from her early on in the film. You know, she's like, 
Uh, she says like that mantra. I wrote it down in my notes. So hold on one second. It was like, you know, she follows that Darwinism quote, basically. Yeah. Is that, do you tend to follow that mantra too? That, you know? I I don't remember the exact mantra. Mika, do you, ben, do you guys remember what the exact mantra was? Oh, I it was it. only like, only the strong survive. That's, oh. I think that's what it was. I just found it. Yeah. I just realized yeah. it. You want to be prey or predator? That's right. Prey or predator. That's Are the you other thing. Prey or predator. Um, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, you know what? I think that uh, to to a degree, I, I do. I think that you know you have to go. You have to shoot your shot. You have to go after it. And if not, you know, I, I think you can really get swallowed up by um, you know other people's visions for you or people pleasing. And I think that that is a more, you know, that's sort of how I pray or predator. I think if you're not living your life for yourself, that doesn't mean you're selfish. That doesn't mean that you don't take care of your community. That doesn't mean that you don't show up for the people that you love um, and that you do things honorably. But I think that if you are not captain of your ship, then yeah, you are living everyone else's journey and not your own. And I, I think you do get, you know, eaten up. So I absolutely agree with that. That's, I, I really love that answer. I really do love that answer. Um, so location is one of the biggest uh, aspects in this film. You guys do a lot of traveling here, from what I can see. Uh, yes, we did, we did a lot of traveling. I want to hear what Dad's biggest fear is. Dad, did you answer that question? I don't think he did. Okay. No, I was just trying to think. It's like, God, uh, no, I try not have fear, so I don't know. That's what I was trying to think. It's the biggest fear. He's brave. Um, you're brave. Make that, uh, I don't know. You know, the one, okay, the biggest fear was this. We kept going and going because we would finish and we'd go, well, let's add some more to this. And then let's add some more to it. And so it's just like we kept going. We could actually still be filming this right now. I think when we were finally finished, we had about a, so I think we started with like a four hour movie and then we had to trim it down and we kept taking it down because we did a lot of filming. Oh man, yes, I want to see the Snyder cut of this I, one. Yeah, let's let's vote on the Snyder cut for this. Let's go for the four-hour version of Hollywood.com. So on locations, something that's got well, well, first I had like a lot of location, lots of animals, and we were so it's California, Arizona, Texas, and in a bunch of different spots in Mexico, and a and a shot in Guatemala. So we had different things. But when we did the um, Mayan priest scene, and we had the we had the issues with his paperwork. We actually went to the real locations of where all of that takes. Those were the real spots. Oh, and that okay. you've seen rolling up, he was the real deal. And we'd set some sensors off and he came rolling up like, hey guys, what's uh, happening here? But it was cool. It was all good. Right, Mika? Mika handled it. I was going to say, I think your biggest fear, Dad, is... Uh... And when someone tells you to relax, <laughs> the slow down. <laughs> he hates he hates not moving and doing stuff. He's That's all the same thing like my dad. Dads always have to keep moving. I feel like they never stop. <laughs> He's like, is that the R word? No. The thing that I word I hate more than anything is the R word when someone goes relax can't stand that word. I agree. So. There's no time to relax in life. You just want to keep going. 
Well, you know, uh, Ben, you, you not only made sure that everything uh, worked and that we were able to continue moving forward, but you always gave me and, and everybody that I, I saw working uh, those days uh, a, a, real, a real great feeling that they were welcome uh, and uh, you were like a gracious host in mm -hmm. addition to being a complete maniac. And uh, I really appreciated that about you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. All right. So one of the other things I noticed is that this home had a couple of dogs in it. Quite a few dogs in it. And currently I was watching, you know, your promotional tour video. And I saw Angel riding around the back in that in the bike someone was driving, you know, her. That it was so cute. What was it like bringing all the dogs in together and wanting to bring, like, you know, we have that, like, scruffy-looking dog, that, like, little black dog that's in the film that's, like, you know, you feel bad for it. It's so cute. So are you guys dog people? Because that's the one thing I was, like, picking up on. Oh, my gosh, yes, yes. So many, so many dogs, animal lovers to the full maximum. So that dog in the film, which the movie's dedicated to at the end, that was my little dog, Penny, who was like Aww. the bionic puppy. She like lived till she was like 18. She um, went blind. <laughs> she she got her eye, she had a new eye put in, <laughs> like with a little cataract so then she could see again. Her little legs went out so she had her own little walker. <laughs> um, and so that was the dog that we that we put in the movie as like my dad's uh, dog was actually my, my dog that I had had forever. So it was so Aww. fun having her in the film um such another like little special element and then we have frida which is the um the hairless mexican dog in the film the cholo cinquintle which they're really an interesting breed um when they're all black they're meant to um be like liaisons who escort um um when someone passes away they they um in the mayan um uh, culture then they take them over the uh, the like the rainbow bridge into the afterlife, and then once they've done that, then they get white spots on them. So we have one of those dogs in the film, which is very cool. Um, they're very rare. They're they're um, completely hairless. They're like the um, in the movie Coco. There was the dog Donkey. Yeah. yeah. So it's the same same one as that. And then Dad, what other dogs do we have in the movie? I know we've got we've got a few others. There's um. There was. Yeah, there was the Australian Shepherd dog that was whenever they when you were escaping from the wedding. There was that one. Yeah. And then there was then there was Moose with the, he was with the uh, at the border with the uh, the guys that were chasing us. Um, and then we had, uh, Mimi and Junior were in it. And who I think that's it. There's like seven dogs in it. Yeah, there I was like I was I was counting. I was gonna do like a drinking game. How many dogs do we have in the film? <laughs> that was an homage to 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, we we literally like anywhere that we could fit more animals in, we were all about it. Um, like, did you see there was the little Shetland pony who's like? I just did. I was like, is that a miniature pony? And I kind of like. Rerounded the clip as you know the car was you're, you're going into the distance i'm like that's a mini pony i love that yeah and then we got the snakes in there and yeah. uh yeah we just tried to fit we tried to fit anything you know that was the pot belly pig princess was in there yes uh, i don't appreciate you referring to my performance that way uh <laughs> no. 
I, no, I, think... I didn't mean to interrupt there. Stealing focus <laughs> for a second there, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, have you guys seen my butt? <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, it's fun having all the animals in there, and uh, yeah, we tried to make it as unique as possible and not get caught up in uh, having to just follow a certain, uh, you know, the same path everybody takes and come. We wanted to give it our own taste of stuff, and also we were looking to find something that was uplifting and that had we're trying to keep anything that was negative out of it. Anyway, negativity. So, mm-hmm. so that was that was so an so an all, all that stuff about Hollywood backstabbers. That's 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 okay. Uh, uh, but let's get the Shetland pony in there and uh, <laughs> it out. You know? That's right. Don't distract. No, we'll distract with. With Buddy. Uh-huh. Yes. I, I will say, though, I think that, like, all of our, um, even, like, our, our villainous characters in it, um, which, you know, Herbert gets to play one of our one of our fun, fantastic, probably biggest villainous character in this. Um, yeah. I think that you love them. I think that there's something lovable about them. There's still heart there because the things that he wants and how he goes about getting them and stuff they're not done in um from like a really dark place they're done if anything more from like a uh you know a uh maybe like an immature place or like just not you know not quite knowing how to go about it but really wanting to do it but not not i think like really um in a in a dark place you know i think um you know and then they all have redemption at the end they have these redemptive scenes because they really do have strong hearts Mm mm-hmm now and I like, haven't checked the diagnostic uh, and statistical manual, but if there is a diagnosis for a failed sociopath, I think that would describe Josh in the film. He he, he has yeah, all he has all the ambition, uh, but but n- n- none none of the fortitude. <laughs> yeah, but you, have, but you got to have two parts, and the other one was this lovable kind of goofy guy that was just wanting to make it man and he was uh and that was a very lovable character so that was the balance that we got to balance things out there with you with your other with your other guy there i um, feel like josh is still lovable though because at the end you know he's yeah, trying josh to is lovable. You know, himself at the, at, the mayan, at the mayan temple and yes you no know, and people still okay. and they still love him enough over at the studio office that they never fire him yeah <laughs> i was surprised they didn't fire him like you guys okay. were like okay we'll get this guy he seems reasonable still well they need someone <laughs> to get the coffee <laughs> True. Here's-
theater groups. There's two theater groups. They each have 3,000 theaters. Uh, one's been open, but without, it's only uh, light capacity. The other right. one just opened up yesterday. And so we're talking to them again about uh, possibly doing, uh, putting it in the theaters there, which would be fantastic because it has a lot of Latin flavor to the movie. And also there's a lot of uh, double meaning words mm -hmm. that people here will understand, but unless slang, you're not gonna grab it because it's some real funny stuff, but slang, double meaning stuff. Right. Make no, I think that would be really cool to have it like, you know, in theaters like that. That would be, did you guys want it in theaters, uh, Micah, yeah. in the United States here? Or no, you just wanted it straight to streaming or? So the original the original plan was we were going to release it in Mexico first with the streaming, or sorry, sorry. <laughs> the original plan was we were gonna release it in Mexico with the theaters. And we had mm -hmm. done a promotional tour through Mexico actually for like six months. Uh, we were traveling around doing radio, TV, all of that. Uh, and then the pandemic happened. And so we yep. were like, well, what do we do? Cause we were gonna release it in Mexico first and then bring it to the United States, which generally um, for theater distribution, it would be the opposite. You would do it domestically first in theaters and then yeah. you would do it in theaters in other places. And so we thought it would be a fun way to do that differently um, because we were doing everything differently. Yeah. <laughs> this and doing our own program. So, um, but you know, with the pandemic, it became an interesting thing because we were like, well, when will theaters open? At what capacity? And then beyond that, um, I have some friends that work at different studios and they were like, we're holding on to, you know, our $50 million, $100 million movies until theaters fully open. So for an independent film, um, you're going to be competing majorly with these huge, huge budget films. And I just don't know. I mean, there'd still be art house cinemas, but um, if they yeah. made it through the pandemic. So anyway, it just became like an odd space. And then the discussion came up too about these streaming platforms. People have gone through so much content within mm -hmm. the pandemic because, um, you know, people have just been at home more. And so um, people are starting to revisit these older TV shows like Breaking Bad or, or, or whatever. And so there's a, a real want for new content. So it just became like a really good, um, a really good marriage to um, put the the movie with Amazon and have it and have it streaming now, you know, mm -hmm. uh, people are at home. Also, the, the timing, too, for the film, because there's it's so lighthearted and like quirky and like we've got such a great ensemble cast and like you don't have to think too heavily about the film, you know, it's just it's fun. You just watch it. There's no, you know, uh, politics, religious, uh, no guns, no sex, no violence in yeah. it. Really. You now it's just. It's just not, it's easy watching. And so I think that it's a good time for that too. Cause I think people want escapism in film. They want to, you know, watch something and relax. Okay. I know we're going, uh, we're about to go a little bit over time, but I have two last questions for you all. Um, well, first of all, I wanted to mention really quick, what was it like, you know, you got Tom Arnold in the film. What was it like bringing him on set and how did you get him to come on board for this project? Tom's awesome. Tom's so cool. Tom played my dad on a TV show for two years when I was 10 and I was okay. like, hey, Tom, like, you want to be El Jade, the drug cartel lord in Mexico? And he was like, yeah, uh, he's great. You know, I think that's one of the things about this film that I'm so, so proud of and was so important to me as a director is that we got this, like, awesome cast. Like, the actors in this are so good. Herbert does such an awesome job in this. Paige does such an awesome job in this. Um, their characters are 
really like I feel like they have character arcs within the story. I feel like there's a lot of like texture to them um, and they're like very well developed um, odd characters that uh, I think people will, will remember them playing because they're so um, just just fun and kind of far out. And I think that's like one of my favorite things about the film is that there are so many of these like interesting um, artists who came on board. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough that like <laughs> people believed in me enough to, to, to sign on to do it, you know? Um, but yeah, Herbert does an awesome performance and Paige does too. Like, um, Tom's does it, uh, who else? But Brian Krauss does a cameo in it, which he's been in a ton of stuff. He was on Charmed for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton, uh, with the Box Masters gave us a couple songs. They have a little cameo in it. Like, yeah, I noticed that. There's just you know, a lot of fun, interesting artists that, that threw a little, a little, a little bit of spark. Devin Trey, Wild Devin Man Trey. I got introduced to Mika through Devin. And so it was a real fortuitous moment there. Uh, I'm so grateful that you brought me aboard. Thank you. Aww. Yeah. So the actors, like I, I had worked, so Herbert was one of the only people I hadn't worked with before, but like Paige and I did a movie 10 years ago um and then we've been like buds ever since so that's that was like that connection on that herbert um i did a movie with his bud devin retray who he just mentioned about 10 years ago as well and then devin and i were buds i got devin is plays andy slimick in it which devin's so funny he um has done so much but uh i always love which herbert mentioned earlier he was buzz in home alone with a little tarantula and like the <laughs> he's done so much since then though but um yeah, so I was, like, trying to find this, like, great villainous character, and he's like, Herbert. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I'd heard of Herbert before. Herbert's been acting forever and so much interesting stuff. But, um, yeah, he hooked the two of us up and put us in the room. And it was just cool. You know, it's exciting that there's a good cast on it. With my background as an actor, that was, like, probably one of the most important is, like, to have the experience of working with good actors. A hundred percent. Um the last question I just have for all of you guys is that what do you want audiences to take away after watching HollywoodCon.com, I should say? What do you want them to, like, say when, you know, they as soon as the movie ends, they want it to be, like, you know, as memorable as possible? Do they want it, you know, you want them to take away with the message that it has in the film? Or just, you know, it was just a fun movie. I want them to say, I want to watch it again. That was, so, like, what happened? <laughs> Sequel. 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 Uh, Would you guys be down for a sequel? The thing is, there's so many comedies these days that are so cynical. And earlier you were talking about the homages. There's so many comedies that try to cram in all this referential stuff that really doesn't, it doesn't earn it. But their movie is genuinely funny. It has tremendous heart. It isn't cynical. And all of those homages are organic. They come out through the storytelling. Uh, so my hope is that people will watch the movie and say, you know something, I miss good, fun comedy movies. There should be mm-hmm. more of this. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way as as you, Herbert. I feel like I, I what I love so much about this film and working on this film is 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 it was taking a lot of free reign, and there was so much goodness and deli- it's so fun to watch, and it, it does it keeps you're like you lose track of time, and there's so much that happens and. And you do at the end of it, you still feel like good about yourself, you know, and good about life. Like it's not like this dark, heavy um, thing. And I and I feel like uh, I feel like I want people to feel just excited and 
um, and inspired and, um, and, and like light and like, and maybe a little zany, like to sort of take that to like, you know, to sort of let that kind of open up and get that sort of tingling and sparkling, like their zaniness sparkling, you know? Uh, you know, I, I checked out for just a second. I was watching everybody and I was just thinking how wonderful, I was thinking how wonderful Herbert and Paige were Aww. when they were working, how wonderful it was working with them. And I kind of went into this trance. Sorry, where were we? Anyway, Mika too. You guys were great, man. It was oh, wonderful. Fine. You know, we wanted people to have was just, uh, people to walk away and go, God, that was cool. And what was that? And and just feel good about you know positive. So, and then everybody has a chance to succeed if you work hard. All right, that was our big exclusive interview with the fabulous and lovely cast of Hollywood.com. Thank you again to Mika Borum, Benjamin Borum, Herbert Russell, and Paige Howard for coming on our show. Please go and support the film. It's available now on Amazon to rent and purchase, and go follow the cast on social media. They're all great. Why not go follow them? Again, thank you to our incredible audience for sticking around and listening. And if you're listening on YouTube, subscribe. Go follow the YouTube channel. And if you're on Spotify listening, follow us on Spotify. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a nice rating. And for now, you can follow me at Miss Filmingo on Instagram and on Twitter at KFilmingo for more. And go follow Mac at Mac at Mac Movie Reviews. Mac and I will be back talking more movies and this has been the episode thanks for listening and we will see you all next time